Hi everyone. So when I originally did the Lori Vallow case like three years ago, there hadn't been a lot that came out, but I couldn't wait at the time because I was following the story closely like so many others and I was captivated. I was obsessed. Like what the hell was going on with these people, right? But since I released that video, there have been so many updates. So I did an update that is airing as a podcast exclusive next week. But first I wanted to air the Lori Vallow case as we covered it just to give everyone a refresher. So just remember this is from right after the case broke and that a lot of things have happened since this. Hi, how are you? How's it going? How are you doing today? I hope you're having a fantastic day so far. My name is Bailey Sarian and today is Monday, which means it's Murder, Mystery, and Makeup Monday. If you are new here, hi, how are you? I hope you're having a great day. Every Monday, I sit down and I talk about a true crime story that's been heavy on my noggin. And I do my makeup or just get ready for my day at the same time. Today's story is just wild. It hurts my brain. Today we're gonna talk about Lori Vallow and her missing children. I've tried to follow it when it first like came to the media and whatnot, but I got so overwhelmed and like frazzled that I just gave up. And then finally I sat down and like, it's just wild. There's a lot of names involved. It's so confusing. And if I just sit here and tell you, you're going to get lost, guaranteed. So with that being said, let's jump into it. So uh, let's start with Lori. Lori's been married a total of five times, which, you know, we're not judging, but like, I feel like after your third, maybe, you know, you shouldn't, but hey, she's whatever. Her first marriage was in 1992 to a man. Not much is really said about it. They didn't have any children and it just ended in divorce. So in October of 1995, Lori, she marries her second husband in Texas. Um, the date is unknown when they get married. I don't think it matters. I don't have a picture for the husband, but they have a son, his name's Colby first son. So then February of 1998, um, Lori and her second husband, who's not here, they ended up getting a divorce. In 2001, Lori marries her third husband, who is Joseph Ryan. So Joseph and Lori, they end up having a daughter together who is Tylee. And then Joseph also officially adopts Colby from her second marriage. So then in 2004, Lori and her husband, Joseph, they end up getting a divorce. In 2005, the divorce is finalized. And then in February of 2006, so a year later, Lori marries a man named Charles Vallow and they get married in Las Vegas and this would be her fourth marriage now. Charles Vallow was a successful businessman and he made good money and converted from Catholic religion to the LDS church since Lori was also a part of the LDS church, religion, community. You know, she wanted him to be a part of it. So he converted and he also became a LDS, Latter-day Saint. Yes, so they're married. Charles also had two sons, I believe, two children from a previous marriage living with his ex-wife. From my understanding, Lori has a brother. His name is Alex Cox. Now he heads to Austin, Texas to handle family affairs. This is what he told a former friend. Mind you, everyone at this point in time is living in Arizona. He goes to Texas to handle family affairs. This is what he told a former friend. In the next year, Alex would plead guilty to assaulting Joseph 
Brian, Lori's former husband. So according to court documents though, Alex had tased Ryan twice and threatened to kill him. Alex was sentenced to 90 days in jail, in jail and while in jail, he wrote letters to a friend asking for her to send a postcard with Joseph's address and license plate on it. And then in another letter, he had asked if she, cause he was writing a girl, if she could send a picture of Joseph to him saying, P.S. Can you get a picture from Lori of one of her ex-husbands and send it to me? Some of the guys would love to hang out with him. And he was trying to get the people in prison to go after him based off of what it seems. Allegedly, there we go. We don't know, but it seems that way. July, 2014, Lori and Charles are still married. Charles's sister, Kay, and her husband, Making, I don't know, making making it special to me. I love HelloFresh because it's a huge time saver. Sometimes I'm so busy that I, I don't realize I'm hungry until it's like too late and I'm starving. And having HelloFresh means I'm only 15 minutes away from a delicious home-cooked meal so I don't end up hangry at the grocery store or, you know, pulling in for an emergency fast food stop. Go to hellofresh.com slash makeup65 and use code makeup65 for 65% off plus free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash makeup65 and use code makeup65 for 65% off plus free shipping. I want to say a big thank you to HelloFresh for partnering with me on today's episode. Now let's get back to our story. So Charles and Lori decide to take in JJ. I'm also going to just remove Colby here because at some point he moves out on his own and he's really not even a part of the overall story. I'll mention him again later. End of 2014, Charles and Lori, they end up moving to the Hawaiian island of Kauai. Charles and Lori, they take JJ and Tylee with them. According to business records filed by the couple, uh, they operated a small business on the island. Based off records, it seemed to be like a juice bar or juice shop, but juice was involved. Uh, a friend of Lori who lived in Hawaii, she said that Lori became obsessed with a writer named Chad Daybell. So Chad here is a writer, right? And he is known for a series called Standing in Holy Places. The friend said it was like all that Lori would read and Lori bought the friend the books to read as well. She's like, you gotta check these out. These are amazing. Oh my God, my mind is just awoke. So who is Chad? Chad is a writer, like I had mentioned, and he was married to a woman named Tammy. And together they founded a company called Spring Creek Book Company. And that is where Chad would publish the majority of his books. Tammy and Chad would have five children together and they lived in Springville, Utah. Chad seems to write a lot of like LDS dystopian fiction novels. A lot of his stories were about the end of times and how do you remain loyal to your faith when the world is coming to an end type of deal. Chad had a lot of books published, okay? But one of his best-selling books or his best-selling series is the Standing in Holy Places series. There are a total of five different books. And in this series, I mean, I'll give you a summary to get an idea. This is from Amazon and it said, quote, in the near future, Tad and Emma North and their children live in a United States that is growing increasingly wicked. Many Latter-day Saints are being deceived by alluring temptations. And they wonder how much longer the Lord will allow American society to 
continue its downward spiral. Church leaders sent out an invitation for the saints to gather together, but this invitation wasn't well accepted and even openly mocked. But those faithful church members who trust in the Lord soon find themselves accomplishing monumental tasks. The Great Gathering, the first novel in the Standing in Holy Places series, paints a vivid picture of exciting prophesied events that still must occur before the second coming. If you have an interest in what awaits the members of the LDS Church, this series should definitely be on your reading list." End quote. And just a little disclaimer, not a disclaimer, but a side note, like I am not pointing the finger at the LDS Church or anything like that. Like, hey man, as long as you're not hurting anybody like these shitheads, I respect whichever religion, faith you choose. Chad is also reported to be a bit of a doomsday prepper and a regular guest on a podcast called Preparing a People Podcast. Um, this podcast company has since deleted any episodes uh, Chad has participated in, but what they would talk about there is mainly the end times, the end is coming, how to, again, just remain in faith and prepare yourself for these events. I did not get to listen to the podcast, so I have really no idea what they talked about but the little clips that I did here it just sounds very what's the word fear-mongering is it because it sounds like they're trying to scare people with the reality that the world is going to to end and whether you believe that or not whatever but it just sounded very intense Chad was kind of putting himself on this pedestal saying that he you know has these powers to speak to uh, just a higher power Chad has mentioned a couple of times that he's spoken to people who are dead they come to him um, he's also had near-death experiences and where he got these just crazy visions about what's to come and just has visions visions that's so raven but real life he's the special one apparently i'm amazing listen to me i'm sure the latter-day saint community would not agree that his beliefs and whatnot are what represent them as a whole so again, sometime in 2015, Lori bought Chad's Standing in Holy Places series and became obsessed with them, according to friends. Chad and Lori did not know each other that we know of. And if they did know each other, it had to be through emails, maybe possibly like the internet. They both lived in different states at the time. I'm sure investigators are on it. Um, I'm curious to know if they have traced any emails between the two of the of the two of them or like letters, anything in 2015, probably they had, they talked here and there, right? They had to. June 2015, Chad and his wife, they end up purchasing a home in Salem, Idaho after Chad claims that he heard voices tell him move to Rexburg, Idaho. Also, Chad wrote on his blog about this. He heard a voice telling him that he needed to move to, to this location, to the Holy Land. But they end up moving from Springville, Utah to Salem, Idaho. Tammy takes a position working as a librarian and Chad continues his bullshit. So in late 2016, maybe early 2017, Lori and Charles, they moved from Hawaii to Chandler, Arizona. April 3rd, 2018, Lori's ex-husband, Joseph Ryan, do you remember him? He dies. Cause of death was a heart attack. Sadly, Joseph, his body ends up being cremated. At the time, there was nothing suspicious about his passing, but now, of course, it's like, fuck, man, did he really die of a heart attack? Lori's brother, 
really wanted, stay on the timeline, Bailey. Add, I'll add my opinions at the end. So then December 5th, 2018, Chad and Lori, they are both on the podcast together, preparing a people podcast. They appear on the episode, a couple of episodes together. On the episodes, they just talk about, again, the end of the world, the end of times, the apocalypse, just stuff like that. So they appear on a podcast together. So then February 8th, 2019, Charles files for a divorce from Lori. It says in the documents that Charles says Lori was threatening to kill him. She stole $35,000 from his business account and she was claiming to be a reincarnation of God. Her exact wording was that she was a quote, translated being who cannot taste death sent by God to lead the 144,000 into the millennium end quote, and was preparing for the second coming of Christ. These were one of his reasons for wanting a divorce based off police records, they actually seem to have a very um, toxic relationship. And it seemed like, this is a personal opinion, but based off of what I've read, it seemed like Lori was very abusive to Charles. She was controlling, she played some sick games. At this time when this happened with her being a god, Charles actually got a hold of mental hospital because he wanted to have Lori put into holding. She just was very manic. This is what Charles was saying. And he felt like she needed help. So she had agreed that she was going to get help. Lori just wouldn't follow through. Charles, he's just seemed really nice and he wanted to be with Lori. He wasn't giving up on this marriage at all. So Charles finally files for a divorce, okay? He's done, he can't do it anymore, right? Okay, so then February slash March of 2019, after Charles files for divorce, this is when Lori, she just vanishes for 58 days, leaving both her husband and her kids. Charles says that he had no idea where she went and nobody seems to know where she was at that time. So for 58 days, she was MIA. I know, nuts. I would bet money that Chad knew where she was, but I mean... I have read some reports that she and Tylee were in Hawaii, but then I also read that that was untrue. Again, maybe we should ask Chad. Uh. So I'm not sure what the F she was doing for 58 days, but that just lets you know that she's comfortable with picking up and leaving easily. She just left everyone behind. Like that's just so strange, right? So then in February, the date is unclear, but a friend of Tammy and Chad, remember they're married, a friend of the family who had published a couple of books through their company. And she said that she was very close with them and she spoke to them almost every day because they were working just very closely together. She said that she spoke to Chad on FaceTime and he expressed that him and Tammy were tight on money and he was doing his best to keep his marriage together. She said that Chad often spoke to her about his visions of Tammy dying. Hmm, ain't that some shit. The friend said, quote, he really felt like she was going to pass away last fall between October and December, end quote. Very specific time frame, but he believed this. Unsure if Tammy knew she was gonna die, in March of 2019, the divorce between Lori and Charles was actually dismissed because Charles called it off. He decided he wanted to try to make the marriage work with Lori, Melanie. June, 2019. Melanie is Lori's niece. You following? <laughs> Lori's niece, Melanie, is married or was married to a man named Brandon. 
June 2019, Melanie, she asks or tells Brandon that she wants a divorce. Brandon, according to his Facebook, because he made a big long post about it, he believed that it was due to Melanie's new religious beliefs after following her aunt into what he called a cult. So Melanie joined Lori with her extreme extreme doomsday beliefs and was balls deep in there, just ride or die for it. But Brandon said it came as a complete shock because he was under the impression his marriage was in a really good place. Lori and Charles are separated at this time. Charles is paying for a home in Chandler, Arizona for Lori and the two children to live in. Charles is living at a different location. In July of 2019, Charles goes to Lori's home in Chandler, Arizona to pick up JJ. Tylee is there as well. Also at the home uh, was Lori's brother, Alex Cox. Alex stayed the night and all four of them were in the home. When Charles came to pick up JJ, he and Lori got into a violent dispute. Tylee, the daughter, she was in her bedroom and she came out of her bedroom uh, where she heard the argument happening and she was holding a metal baseball bat, which was said to protect her mother from any violent attacks from Charles. It said that the bat was taken from Tylee by Charles. Um, he sees the bat, he takes it from her, and that he swung and hit Alex, the brother, in the head with the bat. At this point, Alex then said he shot and killed Charles because self-defense. In front of the kids, yes. Police initially ruled the case as just that self-defense and like they did not think anything suspicious about it. Immediately after the shooting happened, Lori took both of the children and left the house. It's unclear exactly like where they went. It's assumed that she may have dropped JJ off at school because she didn't return with him. When Lori returned to the home, she actually came back with Tylee. So Tylee was still with her and they came back. Police were there waiting to speak to her. And we know this because there is body cam footage from the police when she came back to talk to them. Um, so they're speaking outside, Tylee is right next to her and they're very calm. It's also caught on the body cam footage when Alex was originally questioned. He said he was in the home alone when this happened. She said that she was there with the kids. So two different stories. Based off the body cam footage, Lori seems super calm. She's laughing her hair. I know I shouldn't make a comment about her physical appearance, but believe it's the sister-in-law or the ex-sister-in-law said that Lori never had her makeup done or had her hair done. So when she saw the body cam footage, uh, Lori is, her hair's done, she has makeup on, she's looking cute. The sister-in-law said like that was just really strange. It was just, weird. But the body cam footage shows that she's just really calm. She's kind of giggling here and there. You know, Tylee also is pretty calm as well. Overall, she just doesn't really seem a little sad or upset. It makes you wonder why police didn't investigate the situation further in the first place, especially because if they would have simply looked into the background and saw that Charles recently tried to put Lori into a hospital to get help because she seemed mentally unstable, but like they didn't. They, the police sucked. I think they dropped the ball on that one. Now it was reported by neighbors that that very same night, her husband was killed. The family had a pool party over at the house. Neighbors reported that it was loud. There's a lot of music. So the next day, July 12, 20, 2019, Lori sends out a text message to Charles, two children from the previous marriage. So she texts them to let them know that their dad died. Now, I don't know about you, 
I took one etiquette class, okay? And from my understanding, if there's been a death in the family, you don't text someone that their dad just died. So Lori sent out a text message to both of the kids saying, quote, hi boys, I have some very sad news. Your dad passed away yesterday. I'm working on making arrangements and I'll keep you informed with what's going on. I'm still not sure how to handle things. I just want to let you know that I love you and so did your dad, heart emoji end quote. So of course the two children are trying to get more answers and they're trying to get in contact with Lori and she's giving no responses to them, not really giving them much to work with. The family really didn't get many answers as to what happened. So sometime in end of July, early August, JJ, he actually had a service dog named Bailey. Charles had gotten this dog a year prior. They were attached to the hip. They were together all the time. And this service dog seemed to be fantastic. So the people applying as well, instead of filling out a matter of seconds, Honey will search the internet for coupons and then apply them for you. All you have to do is sit back, relax, and hope for a big price drop. I have Honey installed on my phone and my laptop. I just love how it always finds me deals. And Honey couldn't be easier to use either. I mean, all you have to do is install it once and you never have to worry about it again. One and done, baby. Did you know that Honey doesn't just work on desktops? It works on your iPhone as well. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com makeup. That's joinhoney.com makeup. End of August, early September 2019, Lori, Tylee, and JJ, they moved to Rexburg, Idaho. Lori's, Lori's niece, Melanie, and also Lori's brother, Alex, moved to Rexburg as well. They didn't all move together like on the same day, but it happened within the same couple of days. The reason why they moved remains unclear, to say the least. Even weirder part, the whole family, all five of these people, they move to Rexburg, Idaho, and they move into the same apartment complex. So they're all like next door to each other. Is that not weird? Well... I mean, maybe it's not. A neighbor who helped Lori move into her new apartment said that they saw Tylee around the residence. They saw her briefly a couple of times after she moved in, but have not seen her since the first couple of weeks in September. The neighbors also said that their son played with JJ multiple times. September 8th, through phone records, police were able to determine that Tylee, Lori, Alex, and JJ, they went on a day trip to Yellowstone National Park. Investigators were able to obtain a photograph of Tylee at the park entrance, and also they were able to get a warrant and access to Lori's iCloud account, where they were able to get a photo of Tylee in Yellowstone Park, and it had like the location on it. Now, this is the last time any record of Tylee being with Lori is found. No witnesses who investigators can verify have seen Tylee since September 8th. Based off police records, it was shown that JJ's autism medication was never filled, not once since moving to Idaho. Last time it was filled was in January, so nine months prior in Arizona. Lori hasn't been 
making sure that JJ is taking his medication or just getting his medication in general. September 23rd, JJ is seen at elementary school in Rexburg for the last time because on September 24th, Lori unenrolled JJ from school saying that she was going to now homeschool. Police say Tylee was also last seen around this time, but there's no confirmations, no witnesses, nothing. So it's not believed to be true unless they can get a confirmation. They also saw that Tylee wasn't enrolled in high school at all. Uh, Lori said she graduated early, but I've heard mixed things. And so I don't really know. So October 1st, 2019, Lori signs a contract with a self-storage plus in Rexburg to rent a storage unit. Surveillance video shows Lori and a man, what seems to be her brother, Alex, on the camera, visiting the unit a total of nine times in October and once in November. According to the footage, items brought to the storage unit included children's bicycles and a variety of items belonging to JJ and Tylee. And you can see Lori and her brother struggling with some very heavy containers. You could tell that they're struggling because it's super heavy. And naturally, as much as you don't want to think that, but you know, what's in it? Also on the footage was a man that they couldn't recognize or they didn't know who it was. We don't know for sure, but speculation says that it looked to be Chad. What you doing there, Chad? So October 2nd, 2019 in Gilbert, Arizona, a drive-by shooting occurs. The target of the shooting was a man named Brandon and Brandon was the ex-husband of Melanie, Lori's niece. Brandon says that he pulls into his driveway, he gets out of the vehicle and he's just minding his own business. He feels something go past his head and then goes through his car window. His car window just shatters. He looks and he sees what seems to be a paintball gun. Brandon says that the bullet misses his head by inches and that the shooter fled the scene. He wasn't able to identify the shooter, but he recognized the Jeep, the Jeep that was leaving the scene. And he recognizes it and he knows whose Jeep that is. And it's very strange. It's very suspicious. What the hell is going on? Because the Jeep that leaves the scene belonged to Charles Vallow. Charles Vallow was killed July 11th, 2019 by Lori's brother, Alex. Where the hell I put him? Why was his Jeep out driving around? Isn't that a little suspicious? So Brandon calls the police, obviously. He believes that he's the next victim on whatever list is going on, right? He believes he's the next target, I mean. People out there were saying that Alex, the brother, was driving the Jeep. But there is video footage of Alex with Lori at the storage unit when the shooting occurred. So I don't know. Brandon goes into hiding with his children because he thinks obviously that somebody's out to get him. Police investigate. October 9th, 2019, Tammy Daybell, Chad's wife. Remember Chad, the writer? Okay, good. Tammy, she called 911 because she said a masked man shot at her. Tammy went to her Facebook and said, quote, I had gotten home and parked in our front driveway. As I was getting stuff out of the back seat, a guy wearing a ski mask was suddenly standing by the back of my car with a paintball gun. He shot at me several times, although I don't think it was loaded. I yelled for Chad and he ran around the back of my house, end quote. Sounds kind of familiar, right? Just not long ago, Brandon said that he thought someone was shooting 
shooting at him with a paintball gun. Interesting. Uh, she does call police and they do come out. October 10th, 2019, Tylee's Venmo account shows a payment to her brother, Colby, who lives out on his own, okay? And a message is sent with the Venmo payment saying, quote, we love you, end quote. On October 16th, Tylee's Venmo account again shows a payment sent to her older brother with a heart emoji. If you don't have Venmo, you could like add a message when you send money. Okay, so October 19th, Tammy Daybell, 10 days after her Facebook post about the man with the paintball gun, she suddenly dies in her sleep. She dies due to natural causes. Tammy was in her late 40s, natural causes my ass. She seemed very healthy. She just had visited her family month prior and the family said that they were exercising together. They, she was healthy, like natural causes. What do you mean? Chad said that she had a really bad cough the night before. So she went to bed and then the next morning she just didn't wake up. Chad said, quote, it was her time. Now the family declined heavily to do an autopsy. What a mess, right? Tammy Daybell, a victim to whatever the hell is going on. So then October 25th, a friend of Tylee's from Arizona receives a text message from Tylee saying, quote, hi, miss you guys too, dot, 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 love ya, end quote. This text was in response to the friend saying she missed her and had been thinking about her. She felt like it wasn't Tylee, but we can't confirm or deny that. So get this, November, 2019, two weeks after Tammy's death, Chad and Lori get married. The wedding is reported to have taken place in Hawaii. Some family members have stated online that they believe the wedding took place closer to like November 15th. Police say that Chad Daybell told his parents and his deceased wife's family that Lori had no children. And police say that Lori told numerous people that Tylee died years ago. In November, Chad Daybell received at least $430,000 in life insurance funds after the death of his wife, Tammy. So November 26, police go to Lori and Chad's residence in Idaho to conduct a welfare check on JJ at the request of his grandparents. Grandparents called the police because they hadn't heard anything from JJ since end of August, early September. They did not have the address as to where Lori and Chad were living. So once they were able to get the address, they called police and had a welfare check done to make sure that JJ was okay. Police arrive at the location. That's where they were met with Chad Daybell and Alex Cox outside of the apartment. Alex Cox, remember, is the brother to Lori. So police are questioning them and Chad told police that he didn't know Lori very well and stated that he didn't know her phone number. They're married at this point. Alex then told the detective that JJ was actually staying with his grandmother in Louisiana, which was not true because she's the person who called in a missing child report. Police ask Lori, uh, where's JJ, hello? And then Lori says that JJ was in Gilbert, Arizona with a friend, which they later confirmed was not true. And the friend hadn't seen JJ in several months. November 27th, the next day, police returned to the home of Lori and Chad with a search warrant only to find that the couple had abruptly vacated the residence. November 29th, Alex, remember Lori's brother? Alex marries a woman named Zulema Zulema. They get married in Las Vegas. Alex ends up taking his new wife's last name. I mean, I think because of the media and his past, but I could be incorrect. Zulema, who the hell is she, you know? Like, where did she come from? She just shows up out of nowhere. Well, based off her LinkedIn, 
She has been studying, practicing, teaching, and coaching the principles of unconditional love for the last eight years, has helped countless people find peace and confidence where there once was confusion and pain, helping people have better relationships and more fulfilling lives. Sulema teaches relationship, marriage classes, parenting classes, and how to have successful, happy marriages. That's what it said on her LinkedIn. Anywho, so according to Lori's friend, Lori was a big big fan of Zulema and she was a part of this weird doomsday end of the world spiritual journey that they all seem to be on. Zulema claimed to have just powers okay but according to her LinkedIn she's just giving out marriage advice and stuff. They get married Las Vegas. In my mind this whole board situation went a lot smoother. The execution I did not nail it. I'm trying. So a couple days later remember Melanie? Lori's niece and this guy this random dude named ian they get married in las vegas according to court records alex gets married to this zulema lady and then melanie gets married to this ian guy ian he divorced his previous wife back in july of 2019 according to his facebook and she had just divorced her husband earlier 2019 as well try to have him killed or something we don't know they get married who's he we don't know at the end of the day, where the hell are the kids? What is going on? <laughs> on December 1st, police were able to verify that Chad and Lori flew from Los Angeles to Kauai, and it appears that they had been in Hawaii since they arrived on December 1st. JJ and Tylee were not with them. December 6, 2019, police were contacted by that friend that JJ was supposedly staying with in Arizona. Remember, Lori lied and said that JJ was staying with this friend in Arizona. This friend comes forward and tells police that Chad and Lori, that both of them asked her to lie and say that JJ was with her. Both Lori and Chad had contacted this friend a couple of times um, separately. It's not like it was a group phone call and had asked her to lie about this. Didn't do it. And she came forward and and told authorities this, which then further established to law enforcement that Lori was indeed lying on November 26th when she said that she was with a friend. So police were monitoring Chad and Lori while they were living in an apartment in Kauai. They have stated that they haven't seen any of the children. None of the children have been sighted with Chad or Lori when they checked into a beach resort based off the information an employee who checked them in and whatnot said that never once were the children seen or with them when they checked in. Because of all this nonsense going on, luckily law enforcement decided to further investigate the death of Tammy. So on December 11th, Tammy's body is exhumed and submitted for an autopsy. We'll see how it, how it plays out. Okay, now get this. Jeez. December 12th, Alex, Lori's brother, remember? He got married to Zulema. So they're living in Gilbert, Arizona. December 12th, Alex was found unresponsive on the bathroom floor of their home and later is pronounced dead. And they haven't even been married for a full two weeks. It's been about a week and a half, let's say that. What the fuck is going on? What the fuck? Alex, dead. Little is known about uh, his death as investigators await results from an ongoing autopsy. So I guess we'll see what the heck that's about. Zulema's 25-year-old son found Alex unresponsive on the bathroom floor and he called 911. And when he called, they asked you questions, you know, what's happening, what's going on. And the son, he didn't know the last name of Alex and he referred to him as uh, my mom's boyfriend. It's just awkward. Like he doesn't know who this guy is. So on 
December 20th, that's when police finally announced the disappearance of Tylee and JJ and asked the public for assistance in locating them. So December 27th, Chad, now remember he's a writer and he actually has some loyal ass fans, okay? Some serious fans who are ride or die for him and they just been coming out defending his character because obviously it's under a microscope right now and we're all judging. January 3rd, 2020, law enforcement and the FBI go to Chad Daybell's property, the former home of Chad and Tammy, and they have a search warrant. They took 43 items from computers to cell phones, journals, documents, which have been sent to forensic experts. So January 5th, 2020, Colby, uh, Lori's first son, he posts a YouTube video asking Lori to bring the situation to a safe end. He says, quote, you have the power to end this. You have an opportunity to put this all to rest. I started to watch it and then I exited out because I don't know. January 7th, JJ's grandparents hold a press conference in Rexburg to announce a $20,000 reward for the children's return. And uh, January 25th, 2020, law enforcement locate Chad and Lori on the Hawaiian island of Kauai, where they are served with a court order obtained by the Madison County Prosecutor's Office that requires Lori to, quote, physically produce Tylee and JJ to the Idaho Department of Welfare in Rexburg, Idaho. So they are saying that she needs to prove that Tylee and JJ are okay. And all she has to do really is take a picture holding up a newspaper, something showing that today at this very time, the kids are alive and okay. She thinks she's being smart or something. We don't know what she thinks, but you and I both know it's not that hard to do if you're not hiding anything. On January 26th, law enforcement actually pull over and seize Lori and Chad's rental car in their possession. They found Tylee and JJ's birth certificates, Tylee's bank card, her debit card, JJ's iPad, his school registration from Idaho. Police also say that Tylee's bank card was still active and had been used since September when she was last seen. They also searched the apartment they were living in. It was a bunch of nothing, but what they did notice was that there was no items that appeared to belong to Tylee or JJ or just a kid or a teenager in general. And then on January 30th, Lori fails to comply with the court orders. She doesn't produce any type of evidence showing that JJ and Tylee are okay. Nothing happens. So this just proves to her that she can do whatever she wants. On February 3rd, East Idaho News visits the storage unit where Lori abandoned several of the kids' items. The storage unit at this point was unpaid. So they get inside the storage unit and they see bicycles, a scooter, winter clothing, a photo album with pictures of JJ and Tylee, sports equipment, a backpack with JJ's initials. There were blankets showing photos of the children on it. It was mainly all just like the kids, their items. Charles' sister, JJ's grandparents. Charles' sister Kay does an interview saying that in February of 2019, her brother Charles, at that time, he had removed his then wife Lori from a million dollar life insurance policy and made her the main beneficiary. She also said that four days after Charles' death, Lori, she had contacted the life insurance company to find out how she gets the money. That's when Lori realized that Kay was now the main beneficiary. Lori had no idea that Charles had changed it. She still was under the impression that she was going to be receiving the money. Kay said she received a text message from Lori sending a picture of the change of beneficiary form and wrote, quote, five kids and no money and his sister gets everything, 
end quote. So as of this last Friday, February 20th, police arrest Lori out of Madison County. She's being charged with two felony counts of desertion and non-support of dependent children. She is also charged with resisting or obstructing officers, criminal solicitation to commit a crime and contempt of court. Her bond was set at $5 million. Now here's the part that drives me nuts, but Chad, Lori's husband, he wasn't arrested or charged, but neighbors say that he was questioned by police. I'm seeing a vision. It tells me you're going to be arrested for the murder of his wife, probably. I'm getting this vision. It's coming to me. Yes. I am a god. So Lori will appear in court on March 2nd. I would have waited to do the story, but um, I couldn't wait. I'm gonna solve this, damn it. I'm gonna find these kids. I thought this would help a lot, but I'm not sure if this made it more confusing. I apologize if it did. After all of this, we do have to circle back around and ask, where the heck are these poor kids? Because after this whole story, it's so easy to get completely lost in it all and forget that they are still missing. Where are they? What a mess. Rest in peace to all these innocent people who just got caught up in this spider web of bullshit. I really hope JJ and Tylee are found. Alive would be amazing, right? If something awful did happen to them, man, I don't know if they're ever gonna be able to find them unless Lori or Chad says something because Idaho is, so I hear, beautiful land around, rivers, snow, there's seasons there. What's that like? They could be anywhere, you know? Wow, what a journey that story is. And it only gets wilder. Make sure you tune in next week for my podcast exclusive Lori Vallow update. Find it wherever you listen to your podcast and I'll be seeing you then. I hope you have a good rest of your week. You make good choices and I'll be seeing you guys later. Goodbye.